What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. We're going to dive right into this one. So this episode is brought to you by... Alrighty, now that that's over, my guest today is a very important one, and you'll hear me say this in the episode. This might be the most important episode of the podcast that I've done, and I wanted to get somebody that was actually educated in this field. We're still dealing with this COVID-19 bullshit, and... I needed to get somebody on that wasn't just a friend of mine or, you know, somebody that is speculating or, you know, just coming up with theories or just talking. It's not bad to talk. It's okay to talk. But I needed somebody with actual facts and I wanted to hear it firsthand. So I reached out to a friend of mine. Her name is Nona and she is a doctor. So I thought it was meant to be. I thought I was going to get her on. And long story short, I explained it in the episode to my guest. Uh, she put me in touch with Dr. Lacara. I think that's how I'm saying it. I think that's how you say it correctly. Dr. Lacara. Lacara. L-A-K-H-E-R-A. I apologize, doctor, if you are listening to this. Um, but I wanted to get her on and I wanted her to, you know, um, say stuff that we have heard before. I've, uh, you know, uh, heard this stuff said a million times and it's not bad to hear it again and again because some people need that kind of drilling. Also, having said that, there are things in this episode that personally I haven't heard said before. And she has a very unique perspective on this. Um, so it was just very gracious of her to set aside this time to jump on the podcast. So I could ramble on. You guys know that I could do that. I love doing that. Obviously, I have a podcast, but I'm going to stop doing that so that we can dive right into this one. This one is a fast-tracked episode, meaning that I have a back catalog of episodes I've recorded prior to this. But this one is definitely important, and it's important to get it out there ASAP. So um, I'm putting this one first. That way it uh, remains as relevant as possible. So without further ado, get ready, get set. It is Dr. Lacara. back and we are going to try and get I'm not going to say her name just yet she has not told me how to properly say her name so I'm going to try to get her on the other end of the line let's try and do this see if this works All right. Are you there? Uh, I can't see. I'm trying to download the app you suggested. Oh, okay. I mean, if this uh, if this is okay with you, this could because uh, you sound actually really good on my end. Yeah, you sound great on my end as well. Okay. I think I I think we can just uh, use this one. This is uh, yeah. This should work just fine. Okay. Sounds great. I'm gonna give me one second. I get some water. Sure. All right. Yeah, I'm here. Let's start. 
Alrighty, so um, I'm being joined by Dr. How do I say your last name? It's uh, Dr. Princess Goddess. I don't deserve. You can just call me Dr. Lakara. It's La okay. All right, Dr. Lakara. Um, first yes. and foremost, I just have to thank um, uh, Nona. I've known her for uh, for quite some time, and I reached out to her, and I wanted to, you know, I I I really wanted to get a. Um, person that has genuine, you know, fact-based information on this so that I could share it with my listeners. And I, I knew that Nona was a practitioner. And so I reached out to her and she's just kind of, I guess, camera shy, even though we're not doing anything visually, it's just uh, audio. But she was like, I'm going to get you in contact with uh, somebody that I know. And uh, she put together this. So I just have to really thank her first and foremost, because, um, you know, I'm I'm a very curious person, and so this is uh, this is going to be a real treat for me, and hopefully anybody else out there that's listening to this. Um, if you're just confused by everything that you see and hear, this is a you know firsthand account that we're getting here. So this is uh, this is really special, and uh, just thank you for coming on here and putting aside some time to uh, to jump on here. Oh, and thank you, Eddie, for this is extremely important what you are doing. I think any attempt towards spreading accurate information, given that even to our, you know, topmost administrative official on the podium or not, uh, are somehow faulting on that. It's very important to have these uh, resources like you have generated where public can actually get some authentic information because in, in, when we deal with something as novel as this virus, information and a correct information is everything. It actually makes and breaks a pandemic. So thank you for doing this. We appreciate it. Absolutely. So um, I guess the, the best place to start with this is uh, what have you personally seen in your day-to-day uh, -day operations? I know that you told me you were in quarantine right now, but what have you seen firsthand? Like, have you personally been affected by this or has it always just been people that you've been treating? Um, so first of all, I would, so I'm a hospitalist. I'm an inpatient physician. That means if anybody gets infected with virus and needed hospitalization, I would go down to the emergency room and an ER physician would ask me to evaluate the patient. We'll get the patient tested, admit the patient and just monitor the patient. Uh, so that's where my, my, um, uh, my work as a clinician lies. But in, in a pandemic, your uh, loan experience is uh, not even, is very vital. But what is even more vital is a collective experience of, uh, you know, thousands of doctors. And you don't see at a, like what is happening in one hospital is the collective experience. So um, what you asked me is so broad. So I'm going to just break it down if it's okay with you. Yes. Um, I think first we need to understand that uh, I first foremost I have to say something that is hot out of press is to your listeners uh, and I'm a, I'm not uh, here to talk polit politics but do not ingest do not inject do not do anything with surface disinfectants or UV light and do not all of a sudden crowd beaches to get your UV lights or tanning salons. Those are the things that our president has said yesterday caused a great deal of unrest in medical community because uh, there is a lot of 
unfortunately anti-science, anti-expert uh, uh, mentality going around um, in, a, in a time where social media is so powerful. Anybody who can research one of things can, you know, challenge and not listen to experts. And most, like at least a half, more than half of a country looks up to a precedent as, you know, more authentic and somebody as in uh, more with more expertise than doctors and uh, even if it came across as a suggestion uh, i definitely want to tell people it is unsafe to ingest disinfectants it's absolutely unsafe to drink it or inject it your esophagus the food like your mouth will have caustic damage your esophagus your food pipe can perforate you'll have air in the mediastinum it can set up a cascade of reaction called mediastinitis it can cause perforation it can cause septic shock and cardiac arrest which can cause anoxic brain injury that you'll never recover uh, out of it and you you may end up as a vegetable for rest of your life so this is extremely important for me to put it across and not crowd the beaches and not just start rushing out uh, in sunlight to you know crowding the space and aiding and abating in a pandemic so i want to get that out of the way um then second thing also i want to get out of the way is because the president has consistently supported chloroquine and there was a death where somebody took chloroquine sulfate from the fish tank and died and his wife also died so these are very crucial time there is the reason that somebody goes through med school for years and has years of experiences and uh like reviews the journals and information very very carefully before they even open their mouth in front of their patient and this is in, in a pandemic, it becomes very crucial to have very vague and refined and researched opinions and very, uh, with a lot of caution, you know, as a buffer when we speak something. So that I definitely want to get out of the way. Second thing I want to say is that there is a, I had to, I have to, I would like to address all my fellow uh, countrymen and countrywomen and citizens of United States and the planet that this is not a, an act of bioterrorism. We have a lot of uh, data which was studied in UK and in a very well-respected lab, the backbone of the virus does not look like it's an engineered, bioengineered virus. It does, uh, all the so far basic science has suggested that it's an evolutionary virus. It's a novel virus. Yes, there was a delay in the information transmission and acknowledgement of, uh, on behalf of China, but I do not want people to extrapolate and extend these sentiments to our American Chinese or Asian population as the culprit or face of this uh, massive tragedy. And one of the nurses uh, in, uh, in LA was uh, uh, like attacked, uh, and she's an ICU nurse caring for COVID patients. And another one who entered a patient room was asked if she's from Wuhan. We do not need, we need to be there for each other. And any such acts of discrimination and hatred and based on absolutely unfounded facts uh, does not help anyone. It destroys what we need uh, actually in these times. We need each other more than, you know, more than before. So that is the second thing I would like to plead to everybody not to look at it with any suspicion, but information and curiosity that's going to say. Third thing I would want to 
uh, I want people to understand is that they have to trust their doctors. They have to trust scientists and epidemiologists. It's not a it's not a political issue. It's it's a bipartisan uh, bipartisan issue. Uh, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, whether you're white or any race, whether you are, uh, you know, any gender. Uh, like a person of any gender or non-specific gender, this is this virus does not discriminate. So whether you're a Republican, you cannot look at a doctor's recommendation as a, or a conservative or a Democrat. You cannot look with suspicion at uh, at a set of people whose entire life is about public health and med, you know medical knowledge and who have been caring for the patient. This is the time where, where we need your trust. Uh, and not be suspicious about what we are saying. And uh, that's extremely important to understand when you go in mass uh, protest and uh, uh, defy what we have been urging, uh, like the opposite of social isolation, you gather around, you are encouraging a, very, a virus that has exponential growth. And you just, uh, you just negated all the efforts that we have been trying to do with social distancing. So these mass rallies, if I can really plead, need to be checked on. I understand these are hard time and people get their haircuts and people do want to see their loved ones. I understand it, but you know, what is worse than not having haircut? Death. Death is worse than not having haircut. And, and having this in your soul that you cause somebody else's death if you survive this virus, but you spread it to 10 people around you. Like in Wuhan, there was in the restaurant, the one person infected 10 persons. So you, we need to know that uh, the individualism has no place in address and management of a pandemic. We have to consider when we go on these rallies, which are absolutely against the recommendation of what we have been seeing as physician, uh, it defies all the work and like those people who are sacrificing and staying uh, inside home. You just aided and restarted, reset the point of a pandemic. It's not. It's it's such a. Uh, it's it should be punishable by law at this time. So I really plead get other means of protest. Protest and I'm gonna defend everybody's speech to freedom. I think a protest is a very vital part of a democracy, and I think difference of opinions is what thrives any country. And having having you know challenging each other uh, is extremely important in you know learning anything. But when there is a pandemic, at least we can have ways that. Uh, you know, which does not endanger lives of others. So these things I really want to get out of the way. And then you can ask me more questions now if you want. No, absolutely. That was all very crucial information. And I told you I, I live in Florida and um, I'm sure you know that they just recently, not every beach, but most of the beaches were reopened. Why are we doing this? This is this is something that I know everybody's restless. I know that that, you know, we're feeling the effects of the of the walls closing in and you know we're really not designed to be inside we are very much animalistic and we're supposed to be outside and 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 that's great i just wanted to get your opinion on that although it seems like you were very much against it because you know you it seems like you're very much on the side of practice social distance this is something that is not going away anytime soon this is something that correct me if i'm wrong this is going to be months this is this is months that we're looking at from your from your point uh, point of view, correct? 
I think people really uh, need to understand uh, that um, every in every generation we may ask of some sacrifices. And this is the time to make some sacrifice. Okay, this is a war which is invisible to many because they are not there in the front line. I understand it. At times, it's very hard to believe a story where you're not an active character, right? If you're on the sideline, you may not believe what is happening. But when we take, uh, when we have access to, um, when we have access to media, there is television. We know what happened in, uh, we know what happened in Italy. We know what happened in Wuhan, which is actually underreported mortality. We know what happened in New York City. We we have to make, we have to act as a little scientist in ourselves and take the data as it is, because if we don't do that, if we do not socially isolate, and if we don't make the sacrifices, which are especially hard, and I completely empathize with those people who are, already have mental illnesses, my heart cries out for them, and especially those who are losing money, I, I will not be in a position to discount any of the sufferings that come from social isolation and distancing. Those are real things. They, somebody not being able to have pay the rent and have money uh, reserve or have depression that can get worse in social isolation. These are real tragedies, but there is nothing more tragic than death. At this time, doctors are not front lines. Every citizen who is listening to this you are the one saving lives when you decide not to go out in community. You are the true heroes. And your sacrifices are not sung enough in media, but I applaud you. Every time you stay in and you have to close down your little shop or a big shop or your salon, or you have to, you have to, you know, there are kids who get meals from schools or who otherwise won't get meals. These are real sacrifices. So I want to really appreciate and I'm extremely thankful for all the people who are making such immense sacrifices. I want your fellow citizens to understand that when you gather around the beaches, you're negating the sacrifices that these people are making. They are the ones not taking care of just themselves at the cost of their own mental health and you know finances. They are trying to do right by their neighbor. So I want you to acknowledge that and to write by that neighbor, that person who decided to risk all these things and stayed inside. So do protest. There is nothing wrong in protesting, but do not gather. Uh, the, so the social distancing, even if the governor, like uh, there was a very unbelievable interview by a Las Vegas mayor who offered the citizens who wants to open casinos. politicians. Um, are trying to, uh, politicians uh, may have no vested interest. Unfortunately, when we hear, as doctors, we hear, we don't think they have any vested interest in public health when they, they create an environment of uh, virus propagation. So what I want you to know is, you should assume that you have virus. And when you go out in beaches of Florida, you are giving this virus. Almost most of the uh, college kids who were in that Florida, which made a big news flash uh, around CNN and news media, um, they were, they were, um, they, they, most of them had COVID. So now imagine all these people went to their states in the plane and every, this, this is a virus with exponential growth. 
uh, and this virus is not going to evaporate no matter what your precedent says. This virus is not just going to disappear in like based on the if you think one person infects three person and the based on the exponential uh, growth and the spread like if you start one person infects three person then on third day it's nine the next day next day it'll be 27 then 81 within like matter of few days 14 million will be infected that's the virus which is uh, three times more infectious than flu and 10 times more fatal than flu uh, which spares, which kills uh, an eight-week-old baby, an 18-year-old adult, a 26-year-old healthy adult, and a, a person who's old and with comorbidities in equal tenacity. Most of our patients are less than 40-year-old. So we want this, we want people to be pro-science. After this pandemic is over, you can go back and bash scientists and doctors. But right now you need science by your side. Every time you go out to beaches, think about somebody who is staying home to do right by their people, right by their countrymen. So if not for doctors, if not for you know science, do it for somebody else who's making these huge sacrifices. And I ask you to be innovative and creative, you know? Maybe write a gratitude journal, call your friends and family, say, apologize to people that you need to apologize to, say, I love you to those people who you need to, who you need to say that to, exercise, meditate, come up with something, uh, learn a new skill or do something or just, you know, at, at this time, I think just existing is such an achievement because it's really hard on a lot of people. But I want people to keep remembering, this is going to get pass just hang in there and just remember your liberty your pursuit of live free or die cannot uh, it doesn't give you license to kill you cannot your liberty should not be somebody else's death which this virus makes sure it happens so when there is crowding that's what will happen when you're going to a beach you are literally somebody like a ticking time bomb who can you know just cause somebody else's disarray. And these are not just the numbers. This is not like I lost one patient. That patient could have been somebody's girlfriend or a child that they have planned, you know, that they have raised ears to. It's a family. It has, these are not just like names. These are people that needed to live, who did not live. And we, we need to come up with the, with ways to make sure these senseless senseless deaths can be stopped. So that's what I'm urging you. Please don't think, uh, uh, please don't think there was a, somebody, uh, somebody had a board, let the weak ones die in one of their rallies. Let the, let the, let the weakest link die. This is not, this virus can kill the strongest iron men an 18-year-old and a 26-year-old in the same capacity as a 60-year-old. This is not the time to practice eugenics. It's the time to practice compassion. So when do you think, based on your experience uh, firsthand, when do you think that the appropriate time for the country to reopen would be? Because 
it's you know it's 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 on track to be may 1st is really where it seems like everything is going to start to to slowly open and i mean i can speak from experience here in florida that you know certain places are already opening there's you know there's local restaurants there's there's um fast food restaurants there's all these places that are now opening their lobby and letting people giving people the option to sit down and and be amongst one another again and it just seems like from a from a common sense point of view not even from a from an educated point of view it just seems from a common sense point of view that that's not what we should be doing it like i don't think may 1st is going to be all right that's it the virus is gone now go about your daily lives like you were so when do you think is the appropriate time for the country to start slowly but surely reopening you know, when all of this started, uh, we started a nationwide lockdown petition, uh, which thousands have signed. Most of them are doctors and healthcare professionals for nationwide lockdown. The way a pandemic works is when we have less, more population, uh, more, uh, when we have less disease burden and greater uninfected, uh, uh, you know, population, then the initial lockdown is usually, you know, it can be, the, it can be mitigated in two weeks time. So more, because that did not happen, although we made several calls, but at least California did something. So uh, like at least California had a lockdown. So we have, what we have to remember is more people produce uh, more people go out, more infected pool will, is, will increase, including asymptomatic careers. These are the patients, these are the people who don't know they have viruses because they don't have symptoms, but they still have the virus. And more that will, more it'll extend, this pandemic will extend. So that's a very important thing to understand that this, even, even if your politician is telling you that restaurants are open, barbershops are open, and all these things, even if they do it. As somebody, as a responsible person, you have to remember, you cannot be part of the problem and stay home. No, I, even if it opens up, even if they open up everything on May 1st, you should still stay home. That's my recommendation. And if you have to go out for your essential things like grocery or seeing a doctor, please wear a mask. Please wear a mask. Even if you're going for a walk, you have to wear a mask. You must wear a mask. So this virus is here, is going to be here for a long time. This could have been prevented. This scale, I hope someday uh, people will be held accountable and some legal actions will be taken. And uh, because the, when, when the White House gets away with saying things, there is no virus, there is testing for everyone, which is not true. Uh, he was saying anybody who wants to be tested can be tested. That was, again, untrue. Um, he said, we have masks for everyone. That is untrue. Uh, he, he's asking states to be liberated, and he's encouraging mass gatherings. All of them. I want people to turn it off and listen to doctors and understand that they need, whether a politician is opening, a businessman is opening for, for 
sadly, that's what it looks like to me when the Texas governor, he just asks your family member to be sacrificed for economy. If you're this brave that you, are, you don't mind burying your family member to save economy, but it's not just your family member. When you go out, you're risking so many other lives too. And uh, apparently we have a justice department passed a law. Those who intentionally spread coronavirus could be charged as terrorists. So purposeful exposure and infection of others could be you know, a chargeable offense based on the news in political on 24th of March. And it should be a chargeable offense. If I go and kill somebody, I'll be held responsible. But when you do not follow social isolation guidelines, who, you have to be accountable for your action as well. These are, these are, this is not a, some simple virus that's going to cause common cold and go away or cause flu and go away. This is a virus that can attack your brain. It can attack, it can cause clotting. It can cause pulmonary embolism. It can cause stroke. It can cause lung failure, respiratory disease, which is the most what we hear about. It can cause inflammation of the heart, and the heart can have, you can get cardiac arrest and bad arrhythmias. It is causing kidney failure. It is causing skin rash. It is causing GI disturbances. It's causing diarrhea. It's, it's causing severe brain encephalopathy. This is not a one-system virus. This virus is causing, is, I have never seen something like that. This virus is, we cannot, you don't, Stop. People need to stop calling it flu. Flu will not cause pulmonary embolism or stop your heart or cause a stroke or make you have a cardiac arrest. And like in, it, it, it causes such a severe inflammation. And that's why when the president says it can kill, you can kill a virus. It's not the virus that it's, is going and killing the organs. It's once you get this virus, it sets off a severe cytokine storm that causes such a severe inflammation that does not spare any organ. And even if, even if the people who don't have symptoms in certain patients, and especially pediatric patients, we have seen the lungs get anatomical changes, whether you have shortness of breath or not, but it can, it can impair your exercise capacity later in life. So whether, whether you have symptoms or you don't know whether you have virus, it could still be damaging your, your organs. So I just want people to, to trust the doctors and the scientists and Dr. Fossey and public health specialists and um, keep the social distancing. We'll have three waves of this virus, most likely. This virus uh, is going to... Uh, because as soon as the social isolation is going to get lifted, we'll see a second wave uh, of uh, virus uh, killing around. And then in November, we are going to have a surge because that's when the flu happens. That's a very conducive weather for viruses. And with, along with that will be this virus. And we are seeing co-infection, flu and COVID. We are seeing co-infection, which is even more detrimental. And uh, in November, December, uh, and January, we, can, we, may see, we may not be prepared for what is about to happen. And um, this virus is not going to go away just, you know, in a few months. Um, or it, I expect it to be around for this year. It'll happen again in April, most likely next year too. Um, because the way, uh, unfortunately, our country has responded to this 
virus, we literally facilitated its spread. In India, the biggest democracy can, call, can take an action of 21 days lockdown to save human lives. And we do nothing about that in, this, uh, in our country. Instead, we say liberate state and we aid to mass protest. How unscientific and uh, this is, this lacks, uh, you know, humanity and science, it defies humanity and science both. So I really urge people to not put yourself and your family members at risk and your neighbors at risk and your fellow citizens at risk. Just because you're healthy does not mean you're immune. You're not special. None of you are special. You're all susceptible. All of you are vulnerable. If you want to be brave, do these things. Stay home, call your neighbors, ask what they need, call a friend, counsel somebody who's going through depression, uh, understand what doctors are doing, spread the right information, become a talk show host like you, Eddie, and you know, have access to people who have access to right information. The, this is how you are brave. That is bravery. Other than that, everything else is selfishness and stupidity. And, and you are actually causing deaths. Now, how do so, we... So, yeah, so you, so no, nobody needs to go to beaches at this time. That's what I'm trying to say. Stay home. And I'm sorry to break this to people. Stay home for indefinite period of time right now till doctors and public health officials tell you otherwise. Not politicians, not your mayor, not a governor. And recreate your life around it, you know? I think a lot of people think that when you hear when you hear the president, when you hear these these, you know, high up government officials talking, a lot of people believe that they're getting that information from doctors. Is that true? Or are they getting their information from some other source? Like how do people how do people know that the information they're getting is coming from, like you said, wait until you hear it from a doctor? And Eddie, that's such a very, such a good question, because when a White House comes, any representative of White House, whether it's president or anybody else, when they come, they are not addressing one or two percent. They are addressing republic, a massive republic, and they are also talking to the world. The entire world used to look up to United States for guidance, especially for science and technology and medicine. Uh, our textbooks written by Dr. Fossey, like one of the authors, uh, Dr. Fossey, I, I studied that in India. It's a standard we look up to, we, like I'm from India, we look up to United States of America's, uh, you know, leading experts for advice. So, but unfortunately what is happening is Doctor, people like Dr. Fossey and other CDC and NIH physicians are trying to work with, with our president. And what we see is, and I, we are still like, I am part of 50,000 doctor groups, and you know, in some cases, 100,000 doctor groups, uh, and consistent frustration with medical community is how is it so hard for president to just read from teleprompter 
or read what he's told. It's almost like, Eddie, if you are a, you are a responsible you know, orator and a nuclear scientist is telling you something about nuclear reactor, do you come up with your own word salad or thought salad in between the briefing? No, you must respect the person who has years of experiences, who is an expert, has dedicated entire life in that specific field. But what we are seeing is, uh, is uh, I have no words, and none of, none of the doctors are able to understand. When he says things like, uh, like chloroquine, it's very, what is the harm? Take it, I don't see any harm. Well, hydroxychloroquine, needs it can prolong QT interval it can cause cardiac arrhythmia especially with the protocol where azithromycin is involved we put the patient on tele and repeat their EKG every 48 hours and make sure they don't we have to make sure they don't have underlying cardiac conditions we have to make sure the magnesium level is okay we have to make sure the potassium level is okay we have to make sure when they say dizziness it doesn't lead to death in few minutes these are not <laughs> so and so to, like I think yesterday's press conference, he is asking, I, I'm blanking off on her name, but one of the uh, physician, uh, cons uh, that uh, advisory board person is a Dr. Brex, I think. And he's talking about high temperature killing virus inside the human body. And I was so shocked. She, came, she didn't know how to respond. And she just stuttered the word like, fever is good. Like, <laughs> Fever is good. It's fever is not good. Fever can lead to seizures in certain people. Like fever is a response to infection, where the body is uh, trying to, you know, it's just an inflammatory response which body thinks it's trying to kill something, but it doesn't kill. When you have Staphylococcus aureus infection or malaria, the fever is indicator of infection and body's imperfect response to an infection. But it is not therapeutic. Those were like those were the eras of. Uh, I don't even know, like, like what, 200 years ago or something when they tried to induce fever to kill, a, kill an infection. So it is such a devastatingly anti-science thing that we see. So now where do we turn to, as you asked? Because every time in front of CDC, when he said there, are tests, there is testing for every person, I had a patient that I managed on 15 liter oxygen with 70% uh, oxygen saturation who deteriorated within days. And I was sure it's COVID, but he did not meet criteria for CDC and I couldn't get him tested. So I, so the, the, it's a, it's, I, do not, I do not want people uh, to look with complete honesty at, at White House briefing and discuss with your doctors, ask your doctors instead. Uh, or tune into, I even considered maybe starting a YouTube series to do facts versus, you know, fiction. But ask your doctors, or I think Dr. Sanjay Gupta or the CDC has their own video uh, videos uploaded. Listen to Dr. Fossey. At this time, I think he is, is the doctor for America. Whatever Dr. Fossey says, that's what you should follow. Listen to his words carefully. Please, people should not listen to, to Mr. Trump or they, they don't have doctor in front of their name for a reason. That's, what they, that's not what they do. And we are in this position because of this administration.
because of lack of policies or bad policies. So I want you to either ask your doctor or listen to Dr. Fossey. He is a very, very well-respected name. I, people in India and Sri Lanka, we read his books growing up. He is the authority figure. So far, his message has been consistent. And that's who I would say to look up to. Um, and ask your doctors. Um, that's all. That's all you have. But please do not. We. I. I cannot answer you. Uh, your this question that why the White House is passing statements which are very unfounded and at times risky and dangerous and in contradiction to the doctors. They do have doctors in their panel, but I don't know why. Unfortunately, it seems they're complete. They're they're disrespected almost. Yeah, so, but don't, don't listen to Trump or politicians or mayors or, you, you know, listen to Dr. Fossey. All right. That's a, that's that. I mean, if, if nobody gets anything out of this, if, if, if they're tuned out for whatever reason, hopefully they heard that because that is, that's something that, and, you know, I'm going to do it too. It's because it's something that I've really struggled with. You know, I'm, I am. I'm not a practitioner, you know, I'm not somebody that knows what is going on. I have to rely on somebody like yourself, on somebody like, you know, uh, the person that you do see at those briefings that you think is the person that, okay, they know what they're talking about. So let me, you know, pucker my ears up and listen. And it's, you know, that's, that's really good advice that you just gave there. Now, something that you did mentioned earlier that I just wanted to get your take on is how do we, how do we know who who started this well not who started this but but how do we take that legal action that you said that you think should be taken because i've heard it mentioned a few times where you know trump is talking about he wants to you know figure out if this was an accident or if this was on purpose i'm really at 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 a loss of words of how you even determine if this was on purpose or how you figure that out is that something that a doctor like yourself is that something that you have an answer to, or you don't know how you figure out how this all came about? Uh, that's a very good question that you asked. So this is what I'll say. As a physician, when they call us for code blue and we have to resuscitate a patient who will die in a few seconds, our entire focus is to resuscitate. But we cannot... After the resuscitation is over, we cannot fix things without fixing the cause, right? What started it, right? But right now we are in the resuscitation mode. And right now during this mode, suppose I'm shocking a patient who, who has a cardiac arrest and somebody is coming and taking away my paddles, taking away my you know, resources so I can resuscitate a patient. So at least, that or is injecting a patient with more toxins. This is how we doctors feel right now. So right now our focus will be don't inject more toxin to my patient by staying the hell home. All of every person needs to stay home and stop causing more issues to what we are dealing with. And because this is a resuscitation phase, it's very very focused. That's what we have to. And if anybody attempts to uh, in is obstructing our treatment to my patient, including, and I would include mass gatherings in that, because you causing us more number of patients is same as you interfering my treatment with the patient, should be punishable by law at this time. I think we need to 
there is already a law in place. It should be considered an act of terrorism when you're spreading a disease that can potentially kill so many people. Once that is this, this resuscitation, mass resuscitation is done, then we all can sit back. But meanwhile, in parallel, there are basic science research labs that are already investigated and have studied. We had data in 2007, there were journal published a few years later in 2014 as well, where it was identified that um, the virus in the bats, uh, uh, COVID, can cause a pandemic. Uh, it's, uh, it's been, it's there. The, there are basic science research labs that study all kinds of coronaviruses. And yes, it, uh, the delay from China to notify or to take action, uh, all these things should be, should be traced back and the question should be asked. But at the same time, the question should also be asked from a top officials in United States who knew about the virus, when they knew that there is an infection in January, when there was an, uh, the, like it's been there since January, when they knew that it is happening, why knew nothing was done? Why, why was everybody, so, this is what gets me off guard and I can't understand. When you see in front of you some people, you know this virus is so infectious and so dangerous in Wuhan and it has gone on to Italy. Well, how were we taken by surprise that we were left so unprepared? If you knew a country is about to attack you two months ago, would you be like doing GoFundMe campaign for soldiers' protective gears and guns, a recruitment, or having a strategy? How is this pandemic different? On top of that, we are also responsible when we we abate in this epidemic, we don't control it. We have international travel. US has such a massively diverse population. We are literally, we may be exporting this virus to less developing countries with almost no resources. And we, will, we should be held responsible that, okay, we caused this there. And that's what, when we are, we are trying to have a higher moral ground for pointing fingers at China, the same finger should also be pointed to our officials who knew about this and they did not, you know, every single death that happened in New York City did not need to happen. So, or in Evergreen, or the doctors that died or the nurses that died. The, that should also be investigated and that should also be put in trial. When we look at China and we get angry and we want a, a course of action, against them, which I'm entirely in support of. But what about the representatives that we elected and we pay for with our taxpayer money? How about that? So yeah, we are in resuscitation phase right now. We'll save our angle and use it for proper legal actions and congressional hearings, and people will need to answer. But it is a very tricky thing to to really figure out if this was on purpose or not. Correct? Like that's a very tricky thing. It's not just a you know black and white kind of situation. I don't want people to think that this virus was sent to the world in purpose. Based on the data we have, so many basic science researches have happened. The backbone of the virus is you. It it is does not look manufactured, and I can. 
email you and send you, um, you know, it was done by very, very respected these scientists, Christina Anderson, Andrew Rambut, uh, Edward Holmes, Robert Gary, these are uh, the proximal region of SARS-CoV-2. It's in na nature medicine. There is a paper, you can review it. It, it says it's a natural evolution and it's not a man-made virus. And more and more studies are confirming it. And what we need last thing is for people to get distracted by anything and um, you know, indulge in rumors. Science be is based on facts and it takes time. Anything that's catching a rapid fire, you need to vet it by scientists because th those things are usually propaganda. And we all know education spreads slower than propaganda, but then education saves lives and propaganda costs lives. Yes, that's a very good point. Very, very good point. I know far too many people that think that, you know, that that are kind of conspiracy theorists about all this stuff and and they think that it's like a fake virus. Like that's an actual thing yeah. that's been told me or told to me. And I think I think Eddie, those people, and I'm so impressed by people who have so much energy and they're researching. This is the this is what I asked them to do instead. I asked them to uh, to call their congressmen to their leaders and ask them to give protective gears to those people in frontline who are barely protected. Use their time, energy, and effort in protecting and saving lives. So do that. Uh, request uh, more accurate information from White House. Make calls to continue lockdown or you know, continue social distancing. To do a GoFundMe for, for kids who don't get meals because the schools are shut down. We have so much to do. We have skills. You, they can they can create a hotline for those who have depression and battling with mental illness. So every person who thinks they have an ounce of energy and any kind of skill, any kind of talent, that's this is their time to shine and help their their neighbors, their friends, their family. So uh, we all can do some. To me, conspiracy theories are a reflection of lazy mindset, and blaming is the easiest way to get out of your responsibility. If you feel responsible for helping somebody, do these things. We really need all of you. We cannot do this alone. Doctors are not frontline. Front we are not the heroes. People who are staying home and are offering help, they are the frontline. They are the ones who will actually kill this epidemic. We cannot kill a pandemic. This is not a doctor's job. It's the citizens that actually can alleviate a pandemic altogether because it has to be a mass effort and it's everybody's effort counts. So I'm really thankful for those who are gonna stay home or staying home. And I'm really sorry for all the hardships they're facing. And I'm really uh, will be appreciative if they can take these actions, um, if they have any skill to offer to their fe fellow country people uh, in this very, very hard times. Now you told me that you were um, that 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 you yourself you're on um, or you're in quarantine, correct? Like you yourself are kind of self isolating from your job. Correct. And um, so what happened was uh, one of my roommate is a nurse, a very brave nurse, uh, Kay, and she is one of the most hardworking, very sincere and uh, compassionate nurse uh, and very intelligent nurse that I have ever worked with. She was managing COVID patients and she ended up getting COVID. And 
uh, we had symptoms, me and my other roommates had symptoms, so we had to distance ourselves. I did get tested. And that's another very important thing, Eddie, for your listeners to understand that uh, even if you're tested, if you have symptoms uh, or you don't have symptoms, assume you have COVID because none of our test results are 100% accurate. Uh, the sensitivity is only 70%. So you have to assume if you have symptoms and contact as if you do have the virus, take precaution, isolate yourself for up to two weeks. There are incidents, instances where we can see the viruses, you know, can st you can shed the virus and transmit up to three weeks. And just remember, social distancing is extremely important. This virus can spread, it can stay in air from three hours to eight hours uh, based on the NHGM data that we saw. So this is a virus. If you're walking and if you're if you're infected and you don't know you're infected and a person passes by next to you will catch this virus. It's airborne. If you are here inside a house, uh, one of the study in Wuhan, it showed that air conditioning system in a restaurant spread the virus from one asymptomatic career to other people. Uh, just the air conditioning in Hong Kong, the isolated virus from ventilation system. This is the virus that can stay on surface for days. This is the virus that can stay in air for hours. This is, uh, this is very important for people to understand. That's why we are asking people to stay indoors, to stay inside the house. And if they have to go out, they have to mask up. They need to mask up. They cannot assume that just because somebody is coughing, uh, I think people are under this impression this virus will only spread by coughing. No, this virus spreads just by breathing and talking too. Okay. So if you're talking, if somebody is talking and you're not masked up, or is he just breathing and he just left a place three hours in a grocery store and had a virus, it'll be there. It's not going to go anywhere. So that's why inside. And even if you're tested negative, if you're tested positive, that has a meaning. If you're tested negative, we can't rely on that. Sadly, we don't have 100% study. And the other thing, very important thing is we are seeing reinfection, the antibody titers of the people who are infected, they go down in two weeks. And there are case reports in Korea and China where we are see seeing the patient, uh, people have no immunity. So usually we depend on immunities, but imagine it's a corona, it's a RNA virus, just like you don't have immunity from common cold. You can get common cold from so many different viruses, all the time, these are tricky RNA viruses, and you can get you can get another infection from this virus. So just because you get it once doesn't mean you won't get it again, and that means we we are not sure about whether we will be able to build a herd immunity. I have not seen something like this. Um, this is really something for all. All of us have to understand these facts and be very, very cautious. There is not too much space to not be diligent. Something that really fascinates me about all this is the fact that I believe once this is, and, and, and based off of what you said, the fact that this will not go away anytime soon and that you think that there will be a second wave and then a resurgence next year, it's how are people how, how are we going to get back to a quote-unquote normal society where we feel comfortable sitting down at a restaurant, going to a theme park, being being at a concert? Like, how is that even going to... This is going to be a real shift, isn't this? This is going to be a real shift in just how we go about our day-to-day -day lives. 
this is the life. For them, the great, for everybody, the greatest gift right now is to be alive. That's where everybody has to make, like count their gratitude. And you're absolutely right. It is going to be uh, a different, this is not uh, this. And I hope I'm wrong. Every single doctor wants to be wrong, but sadly, this is what the data shows. Uh, that's what we are seeing. Um, in China already, there is a second wave. In Singapore also, we are seeing sec like a uh, second wave of infection. Um, this is what I would suggest that you have to start eating a life which is where you can find fulfillment in different ways. And when, when the disease burden hopefully will go down, your doctors will tell you. Other than that, I cannot, I, I really want people, you know, um, the perspective is so important in extracting joy from life. Your perspective, perspective we, need, we need shift of perspective when we have no control, right? So we can't control this pandemic, but we can control our response to that. We can choose not to attach our happiness uh, to things that we have known before. We can create a new set of happinesses. We can create a new mode of joy. Uh, we must do that. We must do that to, to keep the hope alive. Um, the, we have to, under, you know, every morning I get up and I'm breathing and I feel great that I'm breathing. This is how I have reduced my threshold of happiness too, that I'm breathing and it's a beautiful day and I can see outside there is sunshine. I have few people in my life that I love and that's all right now. I need to be happy. And things like restaurants and uh, things like going out with girl girlfriends, it has to shift into or your fellow people has to be a video mood because you care about those people. You care about your friends and family members. So we need a change in perspective. We have to find new happiness, new ways of happiness, new ways of joy. We have to replace frustrations our frustration with creativity. Um, and that's the only way to move forward. And, and like you said, it's, it's, you know, I don't want this to be a completely down episode. This is not a, you know, this is, you know, it, it, it's very important to, you know, like you said, every doctor hopes to be wrong when they're talking about something negative. And, and I feel like we all need that, that boost of confidence and, and whatnot, but we also need to hear it from the source. And that's why I wanted to get you on here and and you know arguably present the 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 bleakest episode of the podcast but also arguably the most important episode of this podcast and i feel like the fact that you just set aside some time to come on here and you know you might hopefully have inspired many people to if they were sort of you know kind of flirting with the idea of all right social distancing i don't know if i'm about that anymore you might have just inspired them to continue that that tradition and hopefully it's not going to be a long tradition you know in the grand scheme of things but it's uh it's definitely important and um you know i i know i'm longing for the day that we can get back to a sort of normalcy um like I said, I don't know how, you know, being in Florida, we're in the theme park central, you know, here in Florida. And it's something I really loved doing. And it's just something that is in the back of my head. It's I'm thinking, I don't know if I'm ever going to feel a hundred percent comfortable 
going to a theme park. Eddie, I'll teach you Bollywood dances through, you know, video chat. And that's one way of celebrating life. But I'm saying is maybe the way we used to celebrate life need to be replaced by new ways to celebrate life. We still can celebrate lives in new ways. Very true. Very true. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, this is just going to be something that nobody can, nobody can predict the future. And it's just something that we're just going to have to see on a day by day basis. And, and, uh, but I do believe it's going to be a very, very drastic shift in just how we function as a, as a society. But um, either way, look, uh, Dr. LaCara, I, I, I really do appreciate you coming on here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was a, uh, it was a pleasure to talk to you. And if you do want to send me um, what you were talking about. When we get off here, I will send you my email and uh, you can definitely send that my way. Any information I can get, I'm longing for right now. So um, just thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank you so much, Eddie, and keep doing this uh, good job of spreading information. I think we all appreciate you. Take care and stay safe, stay in sight. All righty, thank you. You too, bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. -bye.